Welcome to Atomic Monsoon. Uh, I'm Andy, flying mostly solo, but I got my buddy Julian with me today. Julian, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. Merry <laughs> Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah, we're recording this the week, uh, the Friday between Christmas and New Year. Um, so, you know, hi. <laughs> happy holidays. Hey, happy holidays. What'd you get for Christmas? Um, I got, this is true, um, one of my friends got me an Argentinian... Uh, Terminator 2 action figure that came with a VHS uh, packed in with a blister card. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I love foreign media stuff because they, they're so neat. It's, it's <laughs> such a... Cool stuff. Yeah, it's such a weird thing. Um, Terminator 2 is my favorite movie. You know, I, I bought a copy on Laserdisc as a joke once, and I have friends that will just buy me random versions of Terminator 2 on any platform occasionally. Uh, and this one uh-huh. particular friend was like, well, you've got it on VHS and DVD and Blu-ray and blah, blah, blah. So he bought me a Sega Genesis and the Sega Genesis game one year. Um, the next year he bought oh. me, <laughs> yeah, the next year he bought me the other Terminator 2 game on Sega Genesis. And then this year he got me some, this weird Argentinian, um, action figure that came with a tape. So <laughs> like still on card, the cards beat up. It's, you know, almost, almost 30 years old at this point, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It's hard to believe. <laughs> it is, it is, yeah. I can't believe it's been out for 30 years. I know. Ni- 1991. So yeah. Yeah. Wow, uh, <laughs> I graduated that year. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, good times. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Julian and I worked together at Samurai Comics. Uh, Julian was the, the store's general manager, and I was just a you know registered jockey. Uh, <laughs> officially, yeah, but you, you, you were always you. You said hi to everyone that walked through that door. Yeah, so, you were always saying hi. You were like a greeter. Uh, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, that came from you know my first my first job was Blockbuster Video, and the rule was if you if someone comes in the door, you say hello to them. You know, and I I, yeah. I, I took that literally. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Someone comes in the door, you say hi, you make them feel welcome. Like, right? Hey, I want to come in and, and rent your movies or buy your comics or whatever. Um, and, yeah, and and they would even kind of make fun of me at Blockbuster. Like I'd be all the way across the store, and the door would open, and I'd hear the little like ding ding, right? And I'd just be like, "Hey, how's it going?" And yeah, no, <laughs> see, I, I there's actually weird. I there's some stores if they don't greet me, I I tend not to want to spend money with them. Um, because yeah. I, I, I I that's how I was trained at Atomic. Just you know, anyone that comes through that door, you say hi. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, and that's. And he learned that from watching his grandfather own a grocery store in New York as a kid. He's like, you greet everyone as they come in. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So, yeah, I, I feel like if I'm not being greeted, uh, I feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, is a, there is a particular Best Buy, and um, the Best Buy is no longer at that location, but there's one in the Phoenix area here. And they got so bad at saying hello to people. Like, there was a guy at the security camera right at the door, and they were so bad at saying hello. Like, I would turn and say hello to him before he would say hello to me. Um, and I, I <laughs> like, and friend and I, we just go kind of hang out in that area, and and I go into this Best Buy, and every time, I got, we started making a game out of it. We like, we were like, how long can we wait before we say hello before he says hello back to us? And there was one time where it was like five seconds, where before I finally was like, I have to say hello, and like five seconds doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're walking in a door and the guy's standing right there and he doesn't acknowledge you, like that feels like an eternity. 
So it does. It makes you feel like, am I in purgatory? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, for sure. So, Julian, let's uh, let's talk about you for a minute. Uh, you started okay. working at Atomic Comics uh, sometime last century. Uh, the summer of '94, like June of '94. Okay, okay. And so, um, Atomic mm-hmm. Comics is unfortunately no longer in business, but they were for a time the biggest no. uh, biggest comic chain here in Arizona. It was like being at Atomic was unlike any work experience I have ever had. It was literally, I don't know how to explain it, but um, Mike, he, he said once, he's like, I was lucky since I got my four core people all in the same summer, and they mm. stuck with me for almost two decades. He's like, that's luck. That, you, yeah. you just can't find it. It's lucky um, to have people, to have everything fall into pieces, all the pieces click together and just keep that train running was it was an experience because it didn't feel like we were in a comic shop. It felt more like we were in a record store, just the <laughs> vibe of it. And, and, you know, I mean, our clientele was like, it was a mix of everything. You had your punk rockers and your goth kids. And then you had, you know, your, your, uh, you know, your old school hippies. And then, you know, yuppies would come in. I mean, it was such a great demographic in comics. I loved it. Yeah. I, I mean, I met so many interesting people over the years just through comics. It's, Probably one of the best industries you can get in because it's so diverse. It, yeah, that's really true. Um, and and yet, so I mean, just even just is, is everyone reading comics, right? So like, mm-hmm. there isn't you know th- there is the the stereotype of the comic nerd, but like that doesn't fit people at all. It 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 didn't fit when when I when I got hired on. I was just hired on to sell the Godzilla merchandise, okay. which I had a passion for. Mm-hmm. And I, as I was getting into comics, just seeing the people we were meet, I was meeting and just you know being introduced to. Them, I was just like, wow, I, you know, it's not your stereotypical. I mean, you had your stereotypical quote unquote nerds, right? Geeks, right? You know, um, but. You know, you had the, then you had the mix of the the alternative music kids and the metalheads and all these other people that were like, yeah, I'm into this too. And it's like, wow, this is everyone was coming out of the closet. It's like it was like, yeah, I've always been into this stuff, but it wasn't cool to say it. Then it's like now I can say it. And this was in the '90s because the Crow was coming out. And oh yeah, the Batman movie had hit huge in the late '80s, just a few years beforehand. So it was just a mix of so many people getting mm-hmm. into comics and coming out of the closet saying, I, I love comics. Yeah. And that, and was, that was, it was great. That was, uh, I mean, comics biggest sales period too, right? That was, you know, the time where X-Men sold what, eight, 12 million copies, whatever it was. And, um, the McFarlane Spider-Man sold what, 5 million, like, and, and uh, it was not, yeah. And image started and all nuts. of their early issues were selling, you know, hundreds of thousands of copies, which is like, if if a comic sells 100,000 copies at all now, it's considered, you know, like, oh, this is like a, a moment for celebration. Mash hit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy because when the spec, I came in when the speculator boom was heading towards its peak. Okay. People would buy stacks of books. I mean, like two, three copies, we, we'd have to put limits. Yeah. Because sometimes people would try to buy whole stacks. It's like, dude, you know, how about this? I'll sell you five, but not 30. <laughs> <laughs> There's other people that want to buy this. I mean, it was not. I mean, people would just buy anything and everything that was coming. If they had a number one or shiny, glossy, or it's a collector's item, mm-hmm. they were just scooping it up in multiples. I mean, it was crazy. It was a really weird time to just get starting off in this comic industry and being like, 
wow, this is, I <laughs> did not know it was this type of feeding frenzy. Yeah, so uh, not to age anybody, but in 94, I was in junior high. And, uh, I'd Thanks. Only, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd only been reading comics <laughs> for a couple of years. Um, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I got brought in mostly by the X-Men cartoon that started in late 92 mm-hmm. and 93. And I remember going to the comic store in my neighborhood and like, it, I don't know, it was, I, I didn't even know comics came out on Wednesdays every week then. It was just like, yeah, I, I just went into the no comic I. store and, and like, yeah, okay. Um, and, and I must have gone in on a Wednesday after school one day and I was just picking up, you know, the, Hey, there's new X-Men out. Cool. Let me check it out. Let me, let me grab that. And the guy in front of me in line had a stack, and he it was all the same issue. It was the issue of X-Men I had, and his total was like $135. And I was like... Just on the one copy. He bought 100... <laughs> yeah, it was $1.25 plus tax, right? And he bought 100 copies of the same issue of X-Men. And I was like, what would you do with 100 copies? And the guy was like, he's going to you know hang on to them and hope that they're worth something. And I was like, does... Yeah, you know, and he was he was like, yeah, this guy comes in and does this every month and has been for you know a few years, and I was like, okay, like <laughs> if if this is how this guy wants to spend his money, uh, sure, um, you know, turns, yeah, turns, yeah, turns out the joke was kind of on him because it things didn't quite work out that way for him, but uh, <laughs> well, I remember I would have customers come in. And- Hey, but like, uh, like uh, during the, some of the when the Batgirl thing was going on, that was like a really hot thing. It's like a lot of them were really badly written, and then just no story. It was just like, oh, titillation, and 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 butt sticking out. Yeah, you know? but there was no real story. But I had I'd see guys, you know, and this just yeah, buy ten copies of the same book. He's like, I don't put my college, my kid through college in this in twenty years. And I'm like, Yeah, well here I am, fifteen years I was like, they're in the quarter bin, some of yeah. these titles. Yeah. Because they just overproduced them. And, right. you know Yeah. It, it was it was crazy. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a weird time to watch people just throw that kind of money. It was like, wow, I, I was I mean, on older books I got it. I understood the the market for the older books. Right. It was the newer books, I was like, Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. There's like um, a, I, I could see spending hundred and fifty dollars on that old Spider Man that's, you know, issue five. Right. Um <laughs> but to buy that many copies of the same book for the same dollar amount, I was like, I would have bought that Spider Man book if I was you, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I mean, if you have, it, if that one book is worth one hundred and fifty dollars, what if you had ten copies of that one hundred and fifty dollar book, right? Unfortunately, yeah, exactly, because it's doubled, right? right. <laughs> Maybe tripled by now. Yeah, well, yeah, that's. I mean, that's the kind of the joke on the whole thing is like at this point, if, if everyone's buying ten copies of the same comic, then how much can any of them be worth? Because everyone has ten copies, and everyone saved those copies and made them pristine, right? Whereas back in the day, when like my my parents were reading comics and at that age in the early 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, no, you just read it and you gave it to your kid brother or something. You know, some people collected it. They gave it to their friend that collected it. Right. And they read them. Everyone read their books. Yeah. You, you buy your comic, you read it, you see what happens to the Fantastic Four or to Batman or whatever this month, and next month you get another one, and who cares about the old one unless yeah. it's one, you know, like, oh, I really liked this story. <laughs> and they didn't really have story arcs then. It was mostly, you know, uh, a one and done stories, maybe a two parter. You know, you'd be like, oh my God, there's a two parter. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I remember my dad, uh, he was a, a musician locally, so he would do band shoots at places. Mm-hmm. And one place was at a, oh God, well, it was an old um, junkyard. And they had a big school bus that hippies had used back in the day, but it was stacked full of comics, all 50s and 60s comics. Oh, man. And I was a little kid, just, you know, my dad's doing photo shoot. Okay, I'm just going to read these books, whatever. Yeah. 
And I wish they're like, oh, you can take whatever you want. No, I'm fine. And, and knowing the knowledge I have now, I was like, oh, uh, I would have just taken <laughs> so much of those. Yeah. It's like, oh my god! It's like you know, I, I, I there was a giant size X Men in there. There was like oh. Silver Age Batman and <laughs> Superman. I mean, there was EC Comics in there. I didn't know what they were. They were just gross, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, wow! I could have taken all that stuff. That's why I would have burned them because you know I'm a kid. I'm just sure. reading stuff. Yeah, but it's like knowing what I do now. I was like, wow, I was a moron. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, and and I mean, you know, the story that we would hear all the time you know, working together. And, and, you know, when I worked in my other shop, when you worked at Atomic, I'm sure, like, every day people would come in and be like, oh, man, I used to have this, I had this, I had, you know, this number one, I had this number four, right, the first appearance of this guy, and then my mom sold them all when I went away to college. Or, or uh, you know, my dad's story was, yeah, I had this stack of comics that was four feet long, and I ended up selling them all for 30 bucks, not knowing they'd be worth anything. Yeah, my favorite stories were the old uh, World War II vets. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would come to the comic shop with their grandkids. Mm-hmm. And one guy in particular, he was just like, yeah, uh, when I went to war, you know, I, I had like Babe Ruth rookie card. I had all these baseball cards and all this other stuff was given to me for my grandfather and my father and comics. So I had all these old comics and stuff, and I took care of them because I liked them. He's like, I come back from war, and it's like, Mom, where's my stuff? She's like, well... I figured you wouldn't want that kid stuff after you got back, so I threw it all away. And he was just like uh. mortified. So he he years later, as the the prices of that stuff started being collectible and were getting popular, he would every so often show. He's like, "Yeah, remember I had that, mom? This is what we could have had." Oh. And she would always apologize. So he would guilt trip her. <laughs> He's like, oh, no. "I love to guilt trip my mom <laughs> when I would see auctions." It's like, "Hey, mom." Remember that one time? Yeah, I had that. Look, look what we could have gotten. Oh, jeez. I'm so sorry. He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah. Oh. It's like, how long did you stop berating her? He's like, oh, I never did. Up until <laughs> the day she died, I had to give her crap. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. He's like... Hey, she didn't think I was going to come back from the war. That upset me more. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, well, it was D Day when when you, she got a letter from you. So I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but and those are the stories I like. Was the old timers, right? Those guys had the greatest stories. Yeah. No, and and but the other side of all that, right, is if 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 everyone's mom hadn't thrown everything away, or if everyone didn't sell their stuff for five bucks or whatever, right? Like none of it would be worth anything because everyone would still have it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right? So you need those, those, those parents to trash that stuff <laughs> for it to become worth something. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, you're just sort of in this weird, like, we're, it's, it's a supply and demand thing, right? It's like economics exactly. 101, right? Like, if it's there, it's not worth anything. If it's not there, people want it, and therefore you can charge more for it. Like, it's, it's the mm-hmm. most basic part of economics. And... It's amazing to me how people don't understand that. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I, 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 I was uh, how I got into comics is I had a lot of problems reading. I had I had really bad issues learning to read. Okay, and a teacher found those uh, Spider-Man super stories okay. that had uh, Morgan Freeman in it because he was the easy reader, <laughs> and it was designed for kids to learn to read. And I just soaked it up and I got to read all from comics and I thanked that teacher, you know, yeah. when I saw them years later. It's like, if it wasn't for you, I, I couldn't read. You took time to find something that stimulated my reading. Mm. And I loved those books. When I would buy them in collections, I'd grab a couple for myself, um, you know, to give to my nieces and nephews so they could learn to read because they were, 
I wish they would do more of those. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was great. I mean, it, I, I blessed that teacher because I, I probably, she was having a heck of a time trying to get me to read, and I was frustrated because it's like, I can't make these words out. Yeah. So, oh, man. Yeah. It, just finding that right thing to stimulate the mind to make it click so it's easy to read. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I thought that I loved that. Yeah. And I loved those books, and I, w- I wish Marvel would actually reprint some of that stuff. Man, that would be super cool. That's that's one of those. Uh, there, there's a much bigger statement about the educational system, uh, and I don't know that I am smart enough to make it, uh, <laughs> or or knowledgeable enough, right? I don't want to. I don't want to put people uh-huh. down, uh, you know, because of whatever new standards there are for for teachers or whatever. But like, man, isn't that great that your teacher like. Yeah, hey, this didn't work. You tried reading this, it didn't work. This, you tried reading this, it didn't work. What we'll try this Spider-Man thing, right? And that's the yeah. thing that got you. They, 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 they just happened to be at a Seven Eleven when you still had the little wire spinner racks and you get comics every mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. Yeah. at your Circle K's and Seven Elevens, and they saw something and it said Easy Reader, and they knew the electric company and knew who he was, so they're like, oh well, let's grab this, and yeah, that's how I started to read. <laughs> Man, yeah, great, yeah. And that, I mean, that's, that brings us to, like, there's, that's such a shame that there's not, you know, comic store, like, comics at the Circle K or 7-Eleven or anything, right? Like, yeah, our yeah, it's stores, like, you got to go to the comic shops. Yeah. You know? It's, it's and such, some of them, you know, everyone thinks it's easy to run a comic shop. It is not easy to run a comic store. No. And be successful and keep your doors open. It is not easy to do. No, it is. <laughs> it, it might be one of the hardest bits of retail. Uh you know, we, it is because you're not just uh, you're the niche of the yeah. uh, exposable income. You're the niche niche. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> when the economy goes bad, you're the first to go. It's it's yeah, so. yes. <laughs> when uh, when my family had our store, um, we opened right as the economy collapsed in 2008, and so. <sighs> Like our first, our first two weeks were fantastic, and we were like, "Oh, oh, cool!" Like we made our rent money our opening weekend for the for the month, and like we were like, "Oh, cool! This is all going to be cake, right?" And then everyone started getting laid off, and it was just yeah, like, it was like, "Oh, oh, oh, shoot! This is uh, this is bad. This is bad." <laughs> um, for us, we had a car drive through my store and took I, out a water main uh, on Halloween, two thousand six, and remember. by the time we were ready to op- open. The economy and just as we were getting our feet going, yeah, uh, the economy crashed a year and a half later, and it was just like double whammy. Yeah, yeah, double whammy right after another. I uh, I remember I strangely I was at that atomic um, like two days before that happens. Like I was I was there and then, mm-hmm. uh, it was my brother's birthday and I, like I saw one over to book like I you know, picked him up a I don't know probably some Dragon Ball thing and then I went over to Bookman's and bought a bunch of CDs and then like yeah it was like uh, the next day or two days later we're like. Oh, drive a, a car drove through Atomic Comics, and I was like, "What? Yeah, that, what?" <laughs> and it was it was on like trying to exp- yeah, like I remember being on like, yeah. like the news, like like national news. I was like, "What?" what? It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing interviews with people. I'm like, "Who are you?" Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just standing out there holding a gecko I found that was swimming in the the, the wreckage, <laughs> and I just scooped it up because the poor thing was going to drown, and I'm in shock, and I'm just petting a gecko doing interviews <laughs> with media. <laughs> just like, I don't know what to do. I came in. There's a big hole in my store. There's water everywhere, and Batman from the back part of the store just floated by. Oh no! It's like <laughs> it's like this is this is disgusting. Oh. 
But hey, I saved the gecko's life. That's, that's the important thing. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he lived. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and 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 uh I mean that's a that's a whole bunch of inventory loss, right? That is a ton of back issues oh. that were just gone. Right? Uh, wet comics and bags that start to mold is the most disgusting Ugh. feeling because we had to go through it for insurance and there's just clumps and clumps that we had to try to get the prices off the stickers to get a log going and it was like oh geez. after a while the insurance company is just like hey just just give us a number and we'll round it up because <laughs> it, you're not going to be up they wanted it done like a week or two and it's like you realize how much inventory we have? And yeah. Maybe 5% survived. Yeah. It was gross. Yeah. And that was a big store. That was a big store. It was store. a big store. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was finding glass was embedded in the wall on the opposite side of the accident, like shot from the water pressure Jeez. and the glass just embedded itself in the walls on the other side of the store. It was scary oh. how much pressure was in that those tanks. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's terrible. Uh, I'm glad I wasn't there because normally I go in early and do my thing. And I asked the fire department, <laughs> like, hey, normally I'm here around this time. The car He's like, you would have died. I'm like, okay, that's Jeez. all I need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He's like, you would have been knocked out and probably drowned. Oh. It's like, okay. I mean, the water went everywhere. It yeah. It's crazy how, how much it, five things of water just shooting in all these different directions throughout your store. And you're like, wow, okay. And it's a store full of paper, like. <laughs> and it's a store full of paper. <laughs> like, of of all the things, right? You know, if he'd gone, you know, next door, you guys had uh, there was that that Piggly Wiggly, the the not a Piggly Wiggly, but the, like the barbecue place, right? You know, the little barbecue places down the way. And then, yeah, and then if you had hit... the ninety nine cent store next door, and right? Like, and they had a car go through their business three years after we closed oh no kidding a, stu- a car actually went through their business and it's like the owner was supposed to put up a barricade so that wouldn't happen but he never did <laughs> oh boy so the 99 cent store got hit so it's like it can happen more than once in one area yeah just so you know I well, witnessed that's, it. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is that's good to know yeah um and that i mean yeah. it, you know like you and the barricades are just those those little posts that sit sit in front of stores, right? Like yeah. you're on the sidewalk, and it's just that post that's there. And as you're walking by, you're like, "Oh, this thing's weird. What's this for?" It's to stop cars. Now you know. <laughs> it's to stop cars from going into your store. Yeah. Yes. No, that's. I mean, just 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 the number. The sh- like. So I know in my store we had. Uh, I want to say like twenty five thousand back issues, and our store was a fraction the size of yours. Right. Mm -hmm. And we did inventory twice a year. Like we counted every single issue in the store and it took us a week. And then we, you know, had to Mm -hmm. to rectify, you know, the the, um, differences between what it sold and everything. And like we made it work. But like I understand why a lot of comic stores don't have a proper inventory um, because it the product comes in and out so fast and. Like, it's so hard to keep track of just, you know, it took us a week to do it in my tiny shop where, like, our back issues were just uh, a bunch of long boxes, you know? And, like, yeah. <laughs> at Atomic, you guys had just those, those uh, the whole, the, the big rows and rows. Big and was, bins? The yeah. Big bins, that's we, the word, yeah. I think we had, like, 42 back issue bins. And they were, and they were, and they each... were stacked. They were top and bottom. Uh, it, 
Yeah, and, and the top ones are about the a little bit longer than a long box, and the bottom row is about the size of a short box. Okay. And yeah. you figure each bin hat was about 10, um, 10 rows yeah. per bin. Yeah. So it's like at least you could probably at least get a few thousand comics in one of those back <laughs> issue bins. Yeah, yeah. It was ridiculous moving those things. I hated moving those things. Whenever we had to move or rearrange, it's like, God, oh. all these books. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't these things be on wheels? <laughs> because they wouldn't I be on wheels for long. Ones, yeah, we had the later ones we made after the accident all had wheels, so you could move them a lot easier. Okay, well, that's but, better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you still had to take out the books because those suckers were heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I don't see how you guys could have kept an image because if you're also buying collections, and it's like, okay, what of these collections do I actually want to physically put in my bins, and what are the ones I just want to donate or get the heck out of here? Yeah, well, fortunately, we, you know, uh, fortunately slash unfortunately, like, we weren't a super popular store, so we didn't end up with a lot of collections. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, but, and, and you know, the other thing was, like, most of the stuff that we got in was just a bunch of 90s back issues. So we had like we had a bunch so it was most of it was just a matter of like yep we have another one yep we have another one we have another one yeah we have another yeah or it was it the whole image and valiant crossover Dude. i think every store had cases <laughs> of that stuff because the book was so late it was ridiculous yeah <laughs> we we definitely ended up with a bunch of deathmate stuff including a couple i hadn't seen before uh i didn't know because I, I knew about the, the six main issues with the, the foil color spines, right? The, the blue and the yellow. And the yeah, red. yeah. I didn't know about the prologues, and I didn't know that there were, like, different color prologues or, or previews or whatever. Like the, like, the hot pink one and the aqua one. And um, so, yeah, I ended up taking some of that home just to have it because I was like, I didn't know this existed. Um, and, you but, know. Yeah, it was crazy what you find <laughs> out even year, even years later. Uh, when I was buying collections when I was Samurai picking stuff, I was like, oh, my God, I forgot about this. Yeah. I forgot <laughs> about this stuff. You know, it, it took you back. And it was like, oh, you really want it? I'm like, no, not really, but I forgot about it. <laughs> you know, it, it sucked to turn people down. It's like, well, you know, my my grand, my dad bought them 20 years ago said they'd be worth, you know, thousands of dollars. I'm like, well, no. Well, yeah. No, no. It's like, I, you know, I... I He's like, well, will you give me a buck for him? I was like, I, I might sell it for 50 cents. I'll give you a dime. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, I I prefer not to even give you a dime because, you know, I, I, I don't need them. I probably have 20 in the back. Yeah. No, and it's, that is, that is such a shame coming from, I mean, like, looking at it as someone who has comics that I want to sell, like, hey, cool, I, I look online or I look at my wizard or, or whatever, right? And, hey, this says it's worth 50 bucks. And I go to the comic store and I want to get 50 bucks. Well, the thing about being yeah. the thing about running the store is like the store is going to sell it for fifty bucks. So if the store gives you fifty bucks and then wants to turn around and sell it for fifty, like the store is operating at zero profit, which means they're actually losing exactly. money. Like they're actually losing money because now the time it took me to buy that issue, probably put it in a new bag and board, and then you know look up the price and price it. Like, cool, we've actually lost a few dollars in my my work now, right? And, yeah, and that's per, just in man hour. Yeah, and that's per issue, right? So, uh-huh. like, like, so I, I, I get it from the point of view of someone trying to sell their comics and make some money, or, or even just have money for beer that weekend. But like, yeah, we, we also can't like as, as working, you know, as the the store, like we have to stay open. <laughs> and, exactly, uh, and I would always tell people, it's like, you know, you know, I, I know he's like, well, I want this much more. It's like, I get it. 
and you have every right to ask that for that price because mm-hmm. that's technically right around where it's going to value. Right. I go, but I have to keep the lights on. I got to pay the rent. I got to pay salaries. I got to pay for the monthly bills from Diamond and right. buying collections. It's like, you know what? I would just say, it's like, you'll make that money selling it on your own. Yeah. Sell it on your own. But I don't want to. I was like, that's the only way you're going to get what you really want. Yeah. Or close enough to it. It's, Sell it on your own. It, it's funny how you have to actually do some work to make some money, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's not that easy. No. I mean. No. But I, <laughs> And like I mean I I I feel for everyone that you know because I'm I'm in that position now where I'm I'm trying I'm looking going through my collection and starting to cut back on like I've cut back on a lot of stuff that I'm reading, um and I'm mm-hmm. I'm going through and be like okay what of this stuff do I actually want to keep and what was I just buying because I was enjoying reading it as it came out and uh, you know like I want I want to make some money off of my stuff but also I know how this works so I know I'm gonna bring it to some shop and they'll be like yeah these hundred issues will give you twenty bucks and I'm gonna have to be like. Yeah, and cover price on them is, you know, closer to 500. But uh Yeah. Yeah, all right. I guess I'll take 20 bucks. <laughs> you know. Like I I sold a big chunk of my collection uh locally and you know, I knew the owner and he's just like I hate haggling with friends and I'm yeah. like just tell me what you want to give me. And he's just like, "Okay." And I only wanted store credit. It wasn't like I wanted cash. It's like I just sure. want store credit so if something comes in, I'll I'll, p- I'll pick it up later. Yeah. Um and he gave me an amount. I'm like, dude, I'm totally cool with that. That's way more than I would have expected because I could. I had an eBay store. And I was just like, I just don't want to deal with that. Yeah. I just want to get it out of my hair all at once, let someone else deal with it, and, you know, I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> let them deal with it. Yeah. You got a well, storefront. And then, and then the other the other point that you were always quick to bring up with customers that uh, I actually hadn't considered before, like, even if we would get in a high-priced item, right? Like, let's say we got in, you know, Wolverine's first appearance or something. Cool. That's a yeah. that's a several hundred dollar book, right? Like, everyone, it's, it's, you know, hot key issue. Everyone wants Wolverine's first appearance or, or name your favorite character or whatever, right? It might sit there for six months because people don't just have $700 lying around. Yeah. You know, yeah. like so we, usually you want to get rid of it to get something else in that spot. So, you know, you'll haggle down on the price of it. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, yeah, like if I come in, if I came into you and I was like, hey, I got Hulk 181, you know, first first full appearance of Wolverine, right? And it's going for 750. I don't know what it's going for, but let's say 750, right? Like, I want that. You're going to be like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, Here's two. (laughs) Maybe, right? Well, I would even, like, if it's something that was like, okay, this is a really good book, mm -hmm. I could probably, like, when the Deadpool movie came out, those were Deadpool's first appearances. Yeah. Um, we're going for crazy money. Yeah. Um, Especially considering how and I would, in print. I, I'd be able to go up for cash. I'd, I'd get, you know, at least almost like 50% value um, or okay. sometimes 60, depending on the book. Just it's like, well, it's good enough. Yeah. Let's, you know, I'll, I'll go this high for it. Okay. I prefer to buy bulk because then it'd be like, okay, I'm going to throw all my money at this issue, but you want to get rid of everything. So an extra 30 bucks, for everything else, but I'll give you 150 mostly is for these 10 books. Yeah, yeah. But I know you want to get rid of the rest, so I'll throw you an extra 50 bucks on top. Even right. though I don't want those, but I know it's either all or none. So right. It's like, well, and it's, it's, that's the one aspect I missed uh, about now that I'm out of the comic retail is, is 
the collections and just talking to people. Mm-hmm. I miss interacting with the regulars on Wednesdays. Those are always great days to be hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, um, I, I kind of got the, you know, I had the, the owner job, right. I, you know, position where I was owning it and I had mm-hmm. to, you know, I was in charge of running everything. And then when I was working at Samurai, I was the, <laughs> even though, you know, just, there's just the grind of retail, um, and, mm-hmm. and everything. And like, you know, by the end I was pretty burnt out, but like most of the time I really enjoyed just working in a comic store and talking, yeah, talking to people and, and checking out collections that came in. And most of that job was super fun. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a great job. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's retail, so yeah, it, it, there's parts of it that really suck. Yeah, but in general, it was the people I loved interacting on the day to day basis. It just made it mm-hmm. worth it. They made it fun because it was all, it was a community. Is what you had. In your yeah, store. you had a community. Yeah, it was the same people would come in every week, usually around the same time. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I, I there there are. Not a lot, but there are a few customers that, like, I legitimately made friends with, and, like, they're, you know, either a little bit older or whatever, and they're just not on social media or, uh, yeah. you know, like, I just, I have no way of getting in touch with them or see, and they, they'd come in at, like, one in the afternoon on Wednesday, and it's like, hey, it, you know, it, working where I'm working now, like, I'm at work <laughs> coming back from lunch at one o'clock on Wednesday, like, I can't go run down to the comic store uh, and go hang yeah. out anymore, uh, and that's that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I, I I do miss uh, Wednesdays at the comic shop. I mean, yeah. talking to all the regulars and you know um, just seeing what what people are picking up, and sometimes just to see you know those regulars that you just enjoyed their company and you just look forward every week to see them. And when they're not there that one week, you miss them. It's just like, Oh God, my week is thrown off. I didn't see uh, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like, Oh, is he okay? He's always here. Like right at this time, what happened? You know? Yeah. And... Yeah. Th- those were the ones that really scared me. And then when you get the phone call, it's like, Oh, well he passed two weeks ago. It's like, Oh, oh God, that's okay. Horrible. I, yeah, uh, I was fortunate enough to never get any of those phone calls. Uh, but you know, for me, it was always like, I hope he's okay. And then he'd come in the next week and be like, Oh yeah, I was out of town. I forgot yeah. to tell you. You know, I was like, Okay, good. Like, <laughs> build such a relationship with these people. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, they're, they're some of the people that would come into the shop. I would see them more than I would see my roommates who I lived with. Yeah, you know, like they. And just... I would know more about them than their shrinker family members. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they would just open up and tell you everything. You're like, okay, yeah, all right. I, it's like you were their release. They got their fun stuff they love to read or collect. Yeah, and they got to vent and just have fun with you for five minutes or thirty minutes, and it was always always an enjoyable experience. Even dealing with difficult customers mm-hmm. there was always the regulars that just brought you back to reality and you just like thank you <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah for sure um mm-hmm. so okay <laughs> so we went on a wild tangent there but so you started we atomic did. in uh 94 um 94 and then you were there you were there like forever you were there like 20 years right? i i was there for 17 and a half years i okay. left just before uh about I moved to Oregon, okay. and um, eight months later, they shut down. Okay, yeah. I couldn't be there. I knew it was going to happen, but mm. I could not be there. for. I, I, was like, I, I was like, I put so much of myself into it, yeah. I didn't want to see the ending. And I just couldn't. And over the 17 years, you'd managed all of the stores at some point, right? I did manage. I think the one I, I managed the least was probably the Paradise Valley store, but I was, okay. I did Metro three times, Chandler twice, and then Mesa multiple times. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I know, I I know we had 
like we we certainly were not friends at that point and not that we hated you. like we just like i know i had seen you at some of the atomics upon occasion but like you know it's just like oh there's the guy that works at the comic store okay i'm coming in buying my x-men or transformers or whatever pay for it and and on my way um <laughs> but yeah um so like yeah yeah you were very much a fixture in the the comic scene out here for in phoenix for a long time uh it was weird Coming back, I snuck back into town to do Phoenix Comic Con. Just uh, I was going to see my grandma because like, she was very ill at the mm, time. Okay, and um, one of my friends who owned Gotham got me a pass into um, Phoenix, and I, I kind of just secretly went in there, and it was just shocking just to see how many people were like, oh my god, I remember you know you sold me my first book and stuff like that, and mm. then I still get it today. I was at um, Gotham City. Because by where I work, I stopped in to, to say hey to Kevin. Yeah, two guys are like, "Hey, you sold me that that figure from blah blah blah." And hey, you held that figure for me at Samurai. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was like, oh my god, this is crazy. I mean, my brother in law um, remembers me. He's like, yeah, I used to hang out at the Atomic Metro Center, and I remember buying comic books from you when I was a teenager. And I'm like, <laughs> holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, you don't know what how much you really are a part of the community until you're gone, and then you just bump into people on the streets, and you're like, oh, because it would happen to you all the time at Samurai. Oh, dude, yeah. So between <laughs> between owning my own shop and then going to Scottsdale Community College off and on for a decade, uh, like I yeah. like I know a lot of people in that area of Scottsdale, um, and yeah, going into Samurai, like people would come in and be like, oh, hey, you're over here now, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like what happens? Like the economy tank like dropped out from under us. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, in Arizona, it was a doozy. Yeah. Well, and Arizona is weird where like, for some reason we constantly have between 12 and 20 comic stores at any given time. And mm-hmm. that's a lot. Like that is a lot it of is. stores, you know? And, and I don't I, I, like <laughs> the, the one piece of advice that like I've, I've you know, I, I talk to people who want to start their own store and, and I, I see comments online or whatever. And my response to people is always, don't start your own store. Don't start from scratch. Like, go go see if you can buy someone else's store or go go work for them and work your way up to owning a store. Um, your, work your way up or even some advice. They're like, you know what? Just do little shows. Buy a table at little shows. Yeah. Little cons, garage. He's like, start small uh, and then build from there because to get a brick and mortar going and then to stock that thing is – not easy because yeah you might get some credit from from diamond the distribution hub right but you gotta pay that back yeah <laughs> you know it's like yeah. ten thousand dollars to get started i'm like great i hope <laughs> i picked a good location you know uh-huh uh-huh yeah I, when i started at atomic there was there was shops it was like circle k's they were almost on every corner there was a shop somewhere yeah that had comic books they were selling the 90s were just a crazy time for comics I because I know at one point there were the four atomics and there were the six all about books and comics locations out here. Uh, yeah, and and that's just two companies. There were ten stores between yeah. two companies, right? And then you know, like I know uh, up in the Scottsdale and Shea area, there was the the Planet Comics. Um, and then there great was, store. That was a great store. Yeah, uh, there was those guys. There was the Chronic Comics in Old Town Scottsdale. Uh, and I that mm-hmm. was that was when I moved out here in '96, so I only kind of knew that area. I didn't know. Um, like, you know, you start going further into, to, you know, Mesa, Greg's comics still out in Mesa. They're still hanging out there. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. They, they, and just like, 
you know, I, I went from, I lived in Waltham, Massachusetts, and there was one comic shop and one card shop a couple doors down, you know, and like Waltham's not a, it's a, it's a town. It's not like a huge city or anything, but like, it's a developed place. Like Brandeis University is there. Uh, and there was one, yeah. there's one comic shop there, you know? So, uh, shout out to Steve at Outer Limits, by the way. Uh, if you are in the Waltham, Massachusetts area, uh, go talk to Steve. He will get you literally anything you need. <laughs> Outer uh, Limits. That's such a. I, I used to love old school shop owners. Yeah. They would give their shops classy sci-fi. Outer Limits. Uh huh. You know. Uh. I mean, just a, a Pegasus. I mean, just real. It's like wow, you started in the seventies because those names <laughs> were so yeah. prominent. It's very fantasy sci-fi names. It was great. Well, so you worked for uh, Excalibur Comics up in Portland for a while, yeah. I worked for Excalibur for a while and um, uh, Things from Another World. Um, Again, I loved Excalibur because it was just straight comics. Dude, yeah. Uh, when I went to Portland a couple years ago, I stopped uh, on your recommendation. I did stop into Excalibur and I just looking in that shop. I mean, you want to talk about a place that's full of back issues. Like that's. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was beautiful. It's crazy. Like I, I walked oh, yeah, in and I it's... was like, this this is what I want out of a comic store. Like it, you know, the toys and, and, and the, the tchotchkes and everything, like they're fun. But like I feel like if you're going into a comic store, the thing that you should have the most of is comics. And, and they did that in Spain. Oh, man. I mean, it's you walk in because they had pulp books and stuff like that. So you just smell all these old yeah. paper products. And it's just like heaven. <laughs> it's heavenly. Yeah, yeah. I, I and I remember walking through, like going through their back issue bins, and I, I was visiting, uh, I was visiting some friends that lived up there that do the convention circuit, but also like I have some friends from like high school that moved up there, and so uh, one of my high school friends and I were hanging out, and I was like, oh man, I can't stay, and she was like, why? No, take as much time as you need, and I was like, no, I'll be here for three days if you tell me that. Like just yeah, just to go through the stuff I liked. Never mind. <laughs> like <laughs> it just and their backing yeah. boards were all filed so well, and like they didn't have the backing boards, but that was cool because then they could fit more comics in the bins. And they then, only put backing boards. We only gave boards to books that were over ten dollars. Okay. Anything that was okay. over ten dollars got a board. Okay, I <laughs> that, that was the philosophy. It makes more room for books. Yeah, and they're like, hey. Some of these will never go up above cover price, so why waste a, ba- a board on them? Uh, it, like, oh, I mean, well, that's pretty smart. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think. Yeah, my, it, it, I, <laughs> oh, go ahead. I I think uh, well, next time I, I'm up in Portland, I got to go in there and see Dev and everyone because she has a little boy now. She got married. Oh. I think her dad is kind of semi-retired. Peter, he was okay. just a wonderful man to work for. Just a great family. Really, when the when the wife passed, it was um, it was it was really painful because mm. it's like that whole family were so part of the community and they yeah. still are. They do so much charity work in that town. It's oh, amazing what they do there. That's cool. Yeah. No, I uh I hit I hit two is it just the two? No, I hit three shops in Portland. I hit I hit Excalibur, I hit um the Comet Cave, which was just this little kind of hole in the wall place that happened to be down the street mm-hmm. from the friends I was staying with. Uh and he'd only been open for I think he said like a year when I went up there. Um and then I hit uh 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 words for words with pictures. Um Yes. Yeah, and and they're kind of a newer store, but I know um, Jay edited in and Miles Stokes of Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men. Like, they were filming stuff out of that shop for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, my, my friends I was saying, with like they were like, no, this is our home store, even though the other one was a little closer. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, and I met Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fraction there, which was 
super fun. So, <laughs> dude, Portland is probably the the biggest geekiest town I've ever lived in. It's like if you're into comic culture or any of that, you know, that uh, gaming culture. Yeah, it is so big in that town. It's like there's always something going on. There's always a shop to go to. Because board games, I didn't realize how popular board games were until I went to Portland. Because, you know, it rains yeah. a lot, so you're inside a lot. So people love board games in that town. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's a beautiful city. Great city to hang out and just geek out for, for a good week. For sure. For sure. And just full of weird people. <laughs> it, it, it's no kidding. <laughs> wow, it took me a while to adjust to that, and I thought I was weird. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I felt normal in Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... Which is, you know, you get ridiculed for being nerdy your entire life, and you go to port, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm well-adjusted. <laughs> I'm well-adjusted. <laughs> I don't feel like I fit in, but I, these are the people I normally hang out with. Yeah, yeah. Nothing against anyone in Portland. Like, I mean, I, I you know, I had a wonderful time the, the, you know, six days or whatever that I was there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very, like, just kind of the people watching was like, oh, oh, okay. This is, this, and this is, every, yeah. this is everyone here. Okay. And, All right. Yeah, and it, it's weird. It's like New York because it's like everything's broken down in neighborhoods. It's like, oh, I live in the Brooklyn neighborhood. I yeah. live in um, Selwood. It's like everything's a neighborhood name. Woodstock, stuff like that. It's yeah. really neat, neat yeah. the way the city's laid out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> and I've heard from some people that the show Portlandia is more of a documentary than uh, than a like sitcom. <laughs> they, that, that's a good tongue-in-cheek parody of what that town's like. That, they nailed how that town is. It, that's, it's pre- it was pretty funny. That's so weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, man. Okay, so uh, <laughs> so you worked at Atomic forever, and then you went to Portland. You worked forever. for Excalibur and Tifa. Uh, then you came uh-huh. back, and you were at Gotham for a while, right? I was at Gotham for a little while selling comics and coffee, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, headed over to Samurai. Yeah, because uh, they have a management position, and it's like, sure, yeah, let's do this. And I'd always known Mike Banks, the owner of Samurai. Mm-hmm. He's always been a really nice guy. Always thought he was a stand-up guy. He would come yeah. into Atomic and talk to Malvi, the owner of Atomic, and um, yeah, I, I had a good opportunity to work with. Uh, two of the best, uh, biggest shop, cop, uh, comic shop owners in the valley. I, yeah. I, I, I was blessed to uh, work for both of them. Yeah, so that's very lucky. I, yeah. I consider myself very lucky. Yeah, and then you were at Samurai for uh, just just over three, like three and a half years, right? Almost four years. Yeah, and okay. then January thirty first or December thirty first was my last day. Yeah, so uh, now, last year. so now you're. Uh, <laughs> So that and and that was basically your entire adult life was just working in different comic shops, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I, I just loved it because I, I just liked the people. I I, I liked working for small businesses because you feel like your voice matters. Yeah. Um, and you can really you can really d- present ideas, and it's not gone through a committee. It's like, oh, okay, well, let's talk about this. Let's kind of try a little bit idea out over here, and let's see how it grows. We're with you work with a big corporate. You can't do stuff like it. You're just a number. You're not really a name. You're just a, a body filling a position until someone else takes it over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was definitely something I felt at my time at, you know, at Blockbuster and Toys R Us and Radio Shack and all these other corporations I've worked for that have gone out of business. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, you just don't feel like you're that you're you just don't feel really important. No, you know? and with a small business, they really encourage you to think outside of the box, come up with ideas. Hey, you know, we have a lot of this. Let's do this. Right, and it, it just is such a, a a more fun environment to work in because you can really be creative, yeah. and they allow it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and so now, this last year, uh, you have been—you're you, still working in comics, just not on the retail side, right? No, I'm doing now the publishing side. I now work for Coffin Comics, mm-hmm. Brian Polito, mm-hmm. um, and we we produced uh, Lady Death, uh, La Muerta, and Hell Witch. Mm-hmm. All of our stuff is through Kickstarter, which. I didn't know about this crowdfunding thing. I, I, I heard a little bit about it okay. um, five years ago before I started working for Brian because I've known him for 25 years. Right. Um, yeah, because Brian's a fixture of the comic community out here as well. He likes to call us, uh, him and I are the old barnacles of the geek scene <laughs> of Phoenix. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're, he's like, you're just going to have to scrape us off the hole when we die <laughs> or retire. Just scrape them off. Oh. Just, we're stuck to it. Yeah. And we love it, you know? No, for um, sure. For sure. But doing the crowdfunding thing is is insane. I, I, I see almost like for independent uh, producers and publishers, I think it's the way to go. Um, cause you can control the content. You, mm-hmm. you know, control when it's released mm-hmm. and you're going to your audience. You get to talk directly to them and we've been growing since, I mean, every Kickstarter, I'm like, how is it we can surpass it? And we do. And by very substantial amount. And it's, just insane it's it's i i equate it to being in an indie punk label in the 80s okay uh how we're doing because we're very small there's only you know maybe nine ten of us okay and it's just crazy hopping business we did our own little mini con for our fans and i've done new york city comic con Mm -hmm. i've done wizard world i've done all these stores different shows around the country i never had a boot get hit that hard Mm. Like at Fiend Fest. It was insane. Hmm. It was insane. Wow. <laughs> I had stacks of books everywhere. By the second day, I'm like, I'm running out of stuff to sell. And we brought <laughs> a ton of stuff. <laughs> and it was, oh. I, I never witnessed anything like it. It was amazing. That's... It was intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool yeah, to hear. like, oh my God. That no, I and like I mean you know, I, admittedly like Lady Death and and that stuff like it's not quite my bag, but like I respect that you know this little indie comic that came out of Phoenix in in you know ninety two or whatever, right? Like it's it's twenty we're twenty five mm-hmm. years later and it's still there's still it's an audience still going, it. yeah, and it's a new yeah. As we put it, as I I really like Brian's philosophy. Is Brian came from a film background. He, he okay. studied film. He did music videos in the 80s, and he's worked on movies. Okay. He's even directed films. Yeah. So it, it's really interesting to work with someone who's super creative, and mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, um, how is it you just keep going and going? He says, I, I, you know, he has a routine. He writes every day. He's doing the... I'm like, I, do you relax? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just seems like... And then when we do Kickstarters, and we have to have, you know, because if you order stuff from us, mm-hmm. if, if you want it signed, he'll sign it. I have seen thousands of books laid out, and he's just... I'm like, my God, we need to start counting this stuff. So I think maybe yeah. in January when we get back, it's like, 
let's see how many signatures we can guesstimate you're going to do <laughs> in a year and give it to Guinness. Cause I'm like, dude, I, I mean, he signs almost every day. He's signing something for I, someone for I, our orders. I believe it. I mean, he, uh, you know, he, he came and did a couple showings for us at, uh, comics on my store. Um, you know, just, mm-hmm. just, you know, he was, he's here. Right. So we were like, Hey, can would you mind coming in and do an event? Like, you know, try and drive some traffic in the store and, you know, we'll try and get our audience into your books and stuff. And he's like, yeah, of course, sure, right. And he just, he would come in and, like, he'd just be signing and hanging out all day. And, like, just people would come up with the most random and, frankly, some of the dumbest questions I've ever seen someone ask a comic guy. And, like, (laughs) Brian just always cool, always laid back. He's always laid back. Yeah. Exactly. He's just, it's just like, yeah, everything it throws at it just kind of rolls right off him. Yeah. He's like, okay. Next, I'm like, yeah. wow, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, um, yeah. It's just one of the most laid back. I don't know, like everything's, ro- yeah, like you said, everything rolls off him. He's just like, yeah, yeah. Well, I like this, and then uh, you know that led to me liking this, and then I started doing this, and then I, I tried doing this, wow. and it, it didn't quite work out. And then we did this, and I was like, oh yeah, okay, cool, right? Like I've never seen him get mad. <laughs> He's always on the go. He's always got yeah. ideas going. He's always willing to listen to ideas. I mean, it's really fun to be working on the flip side of retail because, in a way, because at the shows I sell the books at our booth. Oh right, yeah. So I get to I get to do the interaction with the the crowd like I, I used to working in a shop. Mm-hmm. Um, not as often as as I like, but. It is a lot of fun to be on the other side just to see how all the creativity and, you know, yeah. you know, I mean, he, he shows us teasers of the book. He's like, hey, here's the cover for our next Kickstarter by Adam Hughes. And I'm like, he's doing the cover? That means we're only doing <laughs> 60 copies of that book? And that's it. Oh, you know? Man. It's like, oh, my God. He gets the biggest names and he gives the smallest editions of those of those uh, covers. It's That's... like, oh my God, you got Arthur Adam or, you know, Adam Hughes. And yeah. he's only, we're only going to do 60 covers. And that's Jeez. It. That's insane. Crazy. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on today. We are, we are short thank on you time. For having me. Yeah. Um, where, where can people find those 60 Adam Hughes coffin comics covers or, or any yeah. of their other material? <laughs> Well, consider that all the, the Lady Death, you can go to theladydeathstore.com, coffincomics.com. Okay. Uh, we're on Kickstarter. Um, I think we're going to have a Kickstarter probably launch in February, March. Okay. Um, and we also do, uh, one of my favorite characters do is La Muerta, and I recommend everyone pick up her books and our other stuff. Check it out. We do uh, good comics for bad boys and girls. <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know we are we are. This is the last Atomic uh, or yeah Atomic Monsoon of 2019. Um, find us on atomicmonsoon.com, Atomic Monsoon on Twitter and Facebook, Atomic underscore Monsoon on Instagram because they still won't let me have just Atomic Monsoon on there for some reason. Um, and you can find us anywhere: iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever better podcasts are found, you can find us there. All right, guys. Have a great new year. That's a mouthful. It, yeah. <laughs> One breath. One breath. Uh, yes. <laughs> all right, everyone. Everyone have a great uh, new year, and we'll see you in 2020. Take care. Bye.